Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today we're off to France with special guest Barbara Lieberman, who I, I don't think I did an episode with her yet with her but but you know what i mean like where she was on an episode if, if i did she might have been like in the background i know we we've done an episode with barbara Lyveth, who was her i need to look into it i feel like she at one point in time was her assistant but i don't know if she is still her assistant i feel like i say that every time i ask myself that question so maybe i'll look into that maybe i won't maybe one of you will just email me and let me know but either way how is everyone I hope that you're all doing well and taking care of yourselves and each other. It's a beautiful day. There are, there's like a nest of birds right outside my window. And although it's very cute, they're really loud and annoying. So I'm hoping the mic is not picking that up, but it's very sweet. Birds are cool. Just uh, shush up out there, birds. Okay. Um, But other than the birds, I mean, nothing really new with me. I've been... uh, I've been really into my succulents lately. I never, anyone who knows me like well enough knows that I really don't give a shit about plants, but succulents are cool. And I bought two of them at this point, probably about, I don't know, like a month ago, maybe a little bit more than a month. And uh, then I bought two more and then I bought two more. And then my work sent me one, which is very sweet. Um, They mailed it to me. I didn't know you can mail succulents. So when I got it, it was like flat as a pancake, but now it's, uh, it's doing okay. They're actually more finicky than I thought they would be. I thought it would be pretty, you know, standard stuff. I know they don't need a lot of water, but some of them, but then I like kind of realized, you know, as far as like, I get really stressed out when I have to water them because, is it time to water them? Sometimes it's very easy to overwater them. I'm I'm pretty sure that I've killed one of them. <laughs> it's just like it looks like beautiful on the inside or on the outside, but it's like it's secretly like rotting away beneath the dirt. I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure I overwatered it, but I oh gosh, I I researched how to like bring it back to life and you have to like take it out of the pot and then let it dry and then hopefully it survives. I was like, you know, this is the first one I bought let's see what happens. I'm still keeping an eye on it, but uh, they're really pretty. If you go to my Instagram, at Nick Kachanov, you can see, um, (laughs) you can see pictures of it. This is all, you know, very thrilling. Um, But enough about succulents. Let's get this show on the road. This is Back to Basics, Season 3, Episode 8, and the episode is called Perfect French Dinner Party. So Ina begins in the pantry of all places. She says, I'm the Barefoot Contessa, and this is back to basics on French dinner parties. I'm making an incredible four-hour lamb that's perfect for any easy dinner party. It's inspired by a dish my friend Barbara Lieberman had in France. We're going to make it together, and she's going to put mine to the taste test. Served with Provençal white beans, it's the perfect make-ahead dish. I've got lots of ideas for entertaining that are inspired by dinner parties I've been to in France, and they know how to entertain. And then I'm answering all your French dinner party questions in Ask Ina. I also think this is the first episode that I've done with Ask Ina. So this is, uh, you know, truly a groundbreaking episode of The Good Vanilla. 
Also, I feel that my my notes autocorrected. Maybe it's Provençal. Served with Provençal white beans. I don't know if I meant to say Provence, um, but uh, Provençal probably makes a little bit better or makes a little bit more sense grammatically there. This is <laughs> this doesn't matter, but I just had to go. I had to say that out loud. Um, but yeah, ask Ina. I'll, I'll save my ask Ina thoughts when we get to ask Ina. How about that? Um, but I'm excited for that. So anyway. Ina starts out with the beans, a very good place to start. She says, you know, when French people think French, when French people, when people think French food, they think of really fancy food, but that's not what I like. I like simple country food. Something tells me you might like the fancy French food too, Ina. I, I mean, I do think that there is like, you know, it's kind of what she bases her uh, like cooking style off of like highbrow, lowbrow stuff, but... I would imagine she goes to some pretty awesome restaurants in France. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I do think that she does have the other side of her. Like she has the capacity to, to just go to the farmer's market with Jeffrey and just like be inspired by the local ingredients. So I don't think she's lying, but she also, who, who wouldn't like a, like a fancy French dinner is all I'm saying. Uh, so she says that she soaked the beans overnight. She has 14 ounces of great northern beans, which is like a white bean. I like a good white bean. I like all beans, actually. I used to I used to hate them when I was a kid. I hated chili. I hated, excuse me, I hated baked beans. And um, now I can't get enough of them. Garbanzo beans, bring it. I'll, I'll take all the beans, really. Um, so she adds a quart of chicken stock to the soaked beans and kind of like a stock pot stock pot, excuse me. Uh, and next up, she starts talking. <laughs> She's, I meant to say chopping. Next up, she just starts talking to the vegetables. I don't know where my brain is today. Uh, so she's, she's chopping up the vegetables. There we go. And uh, she's chopping up two cups of yellow onions, uh, some carrots, some celery, and a little bit of garlic as well. Um, and as she's chopping up the garlic, uh, this is where she talks about how Barbara went to a very fancy wedding in Provence, and they served this very earthy lamb dish. So it's not technically a dish that Ina tasted. It's a, it's a dish that um, Barbara tasted. But more on that later, because she's, she's about to pop up in a couple of minutes here. So next up are the herbs. And she chops up some parsley, some rosemary, and some thyme. Very Provence herbs, she says. Um, so she says, she continues with this wedding story about Barbara. She's she's chopping up the thyme, and she talks about when Barbara had this seven-hour lamb. So Ina, and I guess she came home and she just raved about it, and Ina was like, mm, I think I'll try that. So Ina... In her initial like trial runs, she said that she cooked it. When she cooked it for seven hours, she said it didn't really taste. She said something wasn't quite right. And she tells us later that it was just dry. So she tried the recipe over and over and over again until she got it right. And it turns out that four hours is just perfect. <laughs> the only thing I could think of when she says that she tried it over and over is just like the amount of lambs. <laughs> were like slaughtered in order for Ina to get the perfect recipe. Uh, so many lambs, so little time. I don't know. But I guess she's only using the leg of the lamb. So either way, lambs are still getting killed. Um, so moving on from that, uh, she next Ina salts the beans. Uh, and she said there's uh, and the beans are like almost done cooking at this point. 
And she tells us that there's an old wives tale that if you salt your beans before they're done cooking, they'll be tough. And she says, I can't tell you if it's true, but why take the chance? It's really cute the way she said it. Um, and I guess that makes sense. I just always feel like when you salt something at the very end, like I'd rather have the water be seasoned. It's like when you cook pasta or something like that. But I mean, beans are a whole different ball game. So I don't know. Maybe does anyone else know that old wives tale? Maybe I'm teaching you something via Ina. I don't know. Um, so she dumps all of the herbs that she chopped into the veggies and gives that a big stir. And then she says, "Ugh, that really smells like Provence. <laughs> and it just makes her sound so bougie. Anytime anyone says the word like Provence, especially if you really lean into like the French, like the French pronunciation of it, it just, I don't know. I want to roll my eyes, but also I want to taste, I want to taste those beans at the same time. And I'm sure it does smell great. Um, so she drains the beans uh, but saves the stock for the recipe because she used chicken stock. So don't want to waste the good chicken stock there. Uh, so she adds a little bit of water um, to the like the chicken stock once she drains the beans. Um, I don't know if this is a Pyrex. She needs two cups of liquid. This is the mo- This is the biggest Pyrex I've ever seen in my entire life. It is like the size of like a gallon of milk. It, I, I don't know how she holds it, especially if it's glass, but uh, it might not be a Pyrex brand, but it, it looks just like that. So I can only imagine how much, how much that costs, but uh, I kind of want one. Uh, so next, Barbara has arrived. She's here. She's wearing, I feel like she wears this in every episode. She's wearing like a cream colored like sweater, but it has like uh, like a collar on it. And she also is wearing like a white turtleneck. She looks like she walked like right off the set of a Nancy Myers rom-com. You know, she looks like a rich divorcee. Uh, and she's kind of waspy, Barbara Lieberman. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like she'd be a good time. But I don't know, there's something I feel like she has a little bit of an edge about her. Like, you wouldn't want to refuse a coupon when Barbara Lieberman is handing it to you, if if it's expired. You know what I mean? I feel like she'll get her way. But that's all to say that I don't really know Barbara Lieberman at all. And she might be a delight. Who knows? But uh, one thing I will say about Barbara is she is good TV. Like, she is, I feel like much like, I feel like she's like the equivalent of TR. Like, TR is like great on camera he he just gets it he knows what he's doing he feels confident barbara is exactly the same she's engaging she's warm she doesn't um i don't know she just feels very natural so i i will give that to barbara um so she said that they put oh she's describing the lamb so she said that they put the lamb in front of everyone at this wedding and it was served with like two spoons and no one knew what it was, but they it, it fell off the bone, and it was just unbelievable. So Ina was like, well, let's do it. And so they start out by oiling the lamb and then putting, like, a shit ton of salt and pepper. But I will say, and I, I do agree with this, like, Ina, it's best to, I think it was either Barbara or Ina, maybe Barbara said she learned from Ina that it's best to salt things, especially with meats, like, at the beginning so you don't have to salt it later. Um, and it's it's flavor. It's really bringing out the flavors in the meat. So I, I do subscribe to that idea that like you should use salt. You don't have to use excess amounts of salt, but I, I, I do feel that that makes a huge difference. So there's that. Um, and then Barbara, she like chucks the leg of lamb inside the, the big sort of stock pot for some searing. 
Um, and then once it's done searing, Ina adds a whole bottle of white wine, two cups of water, uh, and also make sure to scrape up the bits on the bottom. So Ina breaks the news to Barbara that she changed the recipe to four-hour lamb instead of seven. And Barbara is agog, simply agog. And she's, but it's like all good. It's like, it's just really good, natural, like acting for the camera. Again, she's a pro. Um, so Ina puts in, in addition to the wine, she puts in two whole heads of garlic. Um, doesn't peel anything. I think she might take them apart, like all the little, uh, what am I trying to say? The heads, the uh, cloves. There it is, the cloves of garlic. Um, and then, in addition to that, she adds 15 stems of thyme, 15 stems of rosemary, and six bay leaves. And then they sort of nestle the lamb on top of the herbs. It seems, I mean, honestly, I will say for as extravagant as this meal is at the very end, it's it seems like no fuss. Like, the beans are easy to make. It's just like chopping. Chopping's always the worst. But um, honestly, it's like you kind of set it and forget it. And it, speaking of that, it goes into the oven for four hours, not seven, Ina says. And as soon as she shut, uh, shuts the oven door, Ina asks Barbara, what are we going to do for four hours? And Barbara says, maybe some white wine. And then Ina says, maybe we'll talk about that wedding. And then they just like... <laughs> like put their arms around each other and like walk out of the kitchen just like throwing their heads back laughing and I'm like this is great um so four hours later in quotes because uh I mean maybe it was I don't know how the magic of like food network works but uh, Barbara and Ina are back in the kitchen the lamb looks great Barbara takes it out of the pot and wraps it in foil so all the juices can kind of get back into the meat and just, you know, do its thing. And meanwhile, Ina is draining the liquid and lets it reduce for a few minutes. Um, and Ina asks Barbara, she's like, now what goes with lamb? <laughs> Barbara, she's giving us some of her best acting here. She tosses her hands up and sort of says like, hmm, she's just going along with it. Um... It was, it was cute. Uh, but before Barbara can respond, Ina chimes in with white beans. She says it like so high pitched. Um, oh no, Barbara says it really high pitched. Uh, she, Ina says white beans. Barbara like does this super soprano-y sort of white beans in a high pitched sing-songy way. Uh, but it's fun. And ne uh, next, Ina gives them uh, a stir, the beans that is. And the, like, the finishing touches are some fresh parsley and some fresh parmesan, which just, these beans look great. I would just eat these beans, like, without the lamb, to be honest, if you want to keep it, like, veggie. I guess there's chicken stock, so it's not completely veg. But um, Barbara asks Ina, may I grate the cheese? I'm good at that. And she, like, kind of laughs. And Ina chops the parsley, and they kind of just work in tandem and um, once Barbara is done grating the cheese, she adds the cheese to the beans, and then they just like arrange it beautifully on this white, like huge white platter. Like the meat is in the middle, and Ina dumps the beans like all over. They're just like cascading like beautifully down onto the platter. If that was me, I would probably like drop the pot because it was so heavy, or like the beans would splatter all over the counter. But somehow Ina just, she just does it. She's a pro. Um, and on top of that, Barbara sprinkles some fresh parsley onto the beans and I, I think the lamb as well. Um, so everything is set, but Ina says it's time for the real test. And Ina gives Barbara two spoons and Ina gets two spoons. 
<laughs> and then this is like right on cue. I, I was like, I bet you she's going to say, gentlemen, start your spoons. And then that's exactly what she says. And she's like, gentlemen, start your spoons. And then they laugh. Um, and they dig in and it falls off the bone. Ina has succeeded. Good job, Ina. It looks great. I actually don't eat... I mean, I don't think anyone eats lamb on a regular basis, I'd say. Like, I feel like it is a special occasion, but I feel like I could count on my one hand, like on one hand. I don't have just one hand. That made me sound like I only had one hand. Um, like how many times I've had lamb in my entire life. But I, I think I enjoyed it. I don't know. I feel like I've had it like in a gyro or something. But as far as like leg of lamb in this capacity, I've never had. So... It looks great. And Ina, like, kind of, um, she wraps up the segment by saying, so the secret for seven-hour lamb, cook it for four hours. And then they take a bite and, you know, not fade to black, but just, like, fade to the next scene. So the next scene, or the next segment, I will say, um, that's really all that they cook, actually, which is kind of sad because I wish there was more French food. But there is, like, we get some you know, some more food a little bit. We talk about, like, dessert and stuff um, in this next segment. So Ina is giving us some French dinner party tips that she has learned over the years. Um, so the first thing she tells us is that Americans like to use placemats, but the French use tablecloths. I would say that both parties like to use tablecloths, but I guess the French don't use placemats, which is fine. Um... Ina says that the French keep it chic and simple using plain silver cutlery and that also simple glasses are to be used, cloth napkins and simple white plates and some nice votives in the middle of the table, uh, which is like, I feel like anyone can do that. That's not, I, I, I feel like that's pretty standard stuff, but you know, we're, we're going with it here. Um, and the next thing that Ina brings up is the flowers. Um, she says, I always think the simplest ideas are often the best ideas, especially for flowers. She says, instead of picking multiple flowers, I pick one flower like hydrangeas and just do masses of them. It looks dramatic yet understated. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just love how she says things like that. Um, so she also says that you can mix flowers with fresh herbs like peonies and fresh mint which I feel like is such a cool idea like I feel like and especially when they kind of do like some b-roll footage I'm, I'm assuming from like different episodes because she's wearing something different and a lot of these like flashback situations um but I think that's a cool idea because you think it's flowers and you might just think they're uh, you know just leaves of the flowers but it would be cool to put like mint or like maybe rosemary or something um i don't know i, I like that idea uh and the next the last thing she said about flowers well second the last is she said maybe mixing all kinds of flowers in the same color which is also a cool idea um but she ends with all by saying that her favorite thing to do is take one flower maybe one or two kinds in one or two colors in this case she uses purple and white um which i feel is actually one of the most boring options. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I feel like everything else she said before that is like cool or at least something that I would want. I mean, of course, when she, because I think this is what she ends up doing for the dinner party that she's uh, like, I don't know if this is for an actual party or if she's just doing it for the show, but 
Um, it ends up looking really great. And that's like the purple and white arrangement. She says, it just looks like a magical garden in the middle of the table. So great. Love it. Uh, next, uh, let's talk about courses, she says. Um, she says she likes to, when her guests arrive, to have a glass of white wine or some champagne. I think that's also needed. I think like also in addition to that, she says um, some simple store-bought nibbles, which is such a cute little word. In our house, we usually say like yum-yums. If we want like a little snack, I'll usually say like, Ugh, I think I just need a little yum-yum. Um, or like munchies and just stuff like, uh, she, she says like olives, nuts, spicy salami, stuff like that too. I think that honestly is probably the, it's not like a make or break. Like I don't judge like my other friends <laughs> at all for nuts, like having a glass of wine in my hand the moment I walk through the door. But I, I think that there should be, especially if like dinner is on its way, you know, something to munch on. And also like, that's usually like art. Like if we have guests, like we usually say, you know, like, what do you want to drink as soon as they take their coat off um, without bombarding them, of course. But I, I always like to be offered a drink, uh, whether, even if it's water. I mean, just something. Um, so next, after that first or after sort of like, I don't know if you want to call them like hors d'oeuvres, after the nibbles, we'll say, is the first course, which is typically like soup, um, or at least that's what she says in this case. Uh, and sh one thing she does say, too, is like, all of the like the the courses are are small which is great because like in America you would never if there was like a four course meal in America with like american portions you would be like dead by the end because we i don't know if you know this but america loves their portion sizes <laughs> um but i do love cuz you get to eat more if there's if there are more courses but less food you get to travel uh, you get to travel you get to taste more things um and then, so after the, the first course comes the main course, which uh, in this episode is the lamb and beans, naturally. Um, and Ina says, so the next question is, how do you serve all of those courses without driving yourself crazy? Uh, and so she sort of like backs up and shows this like a staging table is what she calls it. She has a staging table for the salad cheese and then dessert and it's all nearby and it's like with a you know like with an arm's reach or just like a couple couple paces away um and this is something interesting because when we were in france uh visiting keon's family like the cheese comes after the main course and i feel like i'm never in the mood for it but it's always so good that i i can't help myself because it's great so um she says for the cheese platter she chooses one or two cheeses and then maybe something sweet like apricots and then like uh, you know some french bread or whole wheat crackers and stuff like that um and then she said after that is the salad which i feel is so interesting because i feel like in america salad is always first and maybe this is her own version of like a, a classic french dinner you know but i feel like it's pretty spot on i feel like that's the goal for this episode so any of you french listeners out there does the salad come after the cheese i don't know um so she, I lost my place in my notes here. Um, oh, she tells us about the salad trick. Uh, I think that we learned last week or the week before about where she like makes the vinaigrette and puts it on the bottom of the bowl and then puts the greens on top so she could just toss it right before it's served and it doesn't get like wilty or anything, which is a, a good tip. 
And for dessert, Ina says, the French have the right idea. They go to a really good bakery and they buy it. French apple tart, no stress. Uh, which, I mean, I'm always down for that. We have a great French bakery nearby us. It's not worth the fuss unless you know you can make something really great. Like, I think another thing that I've learned from Ina in the past, too, is if even if, like, if you're making a main course, an appetizer, dessert, whatever it is, like, you should and must test out the recipe before you do it. Because if you mess it up, you don't get, like, a redo. You know what I mean? So, granted, like, anything can go wrong when you're making food. But um, I do try to stick to that. I try not to debut any recipes unless they're, like, really foolproof and, like, no stress. Um like that dessert, like that French apple tart. And then Ina says, but wait, there's more. Because after dinner, they go to the living room for coffee, delicious French chocolates, and clementines. Uh, which is kind of ironic because lately, this is like a Keon thing too, we've been buying like those little, they're almost like the cuties, I guess, those little clementines or little oranges. And we've been putting them in the living room just for whenever like we need because we're in there a lot. We watch TV in there. So it's like he can just kind of munch on them. He eats more than I do for sure. But it's also nice to just have them there for guests. Like if, you know, if someone just happens to pop by, you know, the clementines are there. It looks nice. And uh, I actually think the clementines we have down there are like, <laughs> like slowly rotting away. Um, but, you know, it's nice. And Ina says the reason why you should have coffee and delicious uh, French chocolates and clementines after dinner is that it's not so what does she say they're like she's like, oh so so the guests aren't marking time before they have to leave and she's basically so it's not awkward and all the guests don't feel like they have to bolt after dinner is over and i don't think i ever would anyway but i would probably stay at the table so i like the idea of having like you know another destination people can sort of relax and um i mean i will drink coffee any time of the day really so if I had room for it, but I guess if you're doing the right serving sizes, uh, you'll be right on. I feel like I would load up on that bread, though, on the cheese course. I can't help myself. Bread and cheese, ugh, it's just, um, it's too much. Anyway, let's get to Ask Ina. It's her favorite time, as she tells us, almost every time she has Ask Ina. Um, so here we go. Joshua Folk, he says... And I love that she likes, <laughs> I just, let's talk about Ask Ina for a moment because I love it. I I need to know, and at this point, I feel like they probably have closed, you know, the the way that you could submit for it. Like, how does one submit for Ask Ina? Because I would, I would love that. I would totally make a video. I should probably just like research it. I never Googled it. I just like, you know, complain about it on my podcast, but... I feel like we need to we need to know. So maybe that'll be some homework for me for next week, in addition to researching Barbara Libeth. Um So, but yeah, Ask Ina's cool. Like, I love, like, I would, like, arrange all my books. And, you know, I don't know what I would ask her, though. I don't know. Either way, um, let's get into this, Ask Ina. It's Joshua Folk. He says, I just made your meringue chantilly and they're in the oven. And then Ina stops. She's like, right now, Joshua? Okay. Uh, it was kind of like, it was just cheeky. I liked that. Um, she says, as I, or no, Joshua says, as I write this, my meringues are really ugly and did not look as large or as gorgeous as yours. And Ina, she, 
I guess like her answer makes sense to an extent. She says that they don't have to be perfect. Sometimes she even spoons them out with a spoon instead of like piping them. But really, I think she just just like put more meringue on, I guess. I don't know. Or if they're like deflating. You know, I think meringues are supposed to be a little like if you have a piping bag, like or even just like a Ziploc, like, yeah, do that. But they're supposed to be really earthy. And I think that was that's what Ina was like trying to get across to. But I mean, if they're like deflating or if they, just add more meringue, then kind of like stack it up on each other and see see what happens. That's my answer. All of a sudden it's ask Nick instead of ask Ina. I'm going to give the better answers this week. Um, so moving on to Melanie Stedman from Arizona. She says she's never been able to make creme brulee because she doesn't have um, a torch. And I knew this answer before Ina even said it. Um, it's just basically pop it under the broiler for about 30 seconds. And Ina says, don't take your eye off of it because, oh, how many times have I and I'm sure all of you just, you know, walk away from that broiler for like 10 seconds too long. And then everything is just like burnt to a crisp. So, um, but I think... Melanie from Arizona, she was like living in a dorm or something like that. So I don't know how she's going to be able to do that. I don't, I can't remember like if there was a kitchen in my dorm room. I never used it. That's, I'll, I'll tell you that thing or to that much. Um, anyway, so the next person is Candace Tremel or Tremel from Michigan and says that she's a vegetarian and she wants to know if Ina has any ideas for a fancy French dinner. And her... Again, Ina, I, I feel I felt like there would be something. I'll just tell you what she said first. So she says, I have two ideas. Number one, I I'm strictly opposed to, but it's a <laughs> it's a blue cheese souffle, and I was just like appalled by that. But they do look good. I mean, Ina was like, it's a showstopper, everyone will think you're a genius, and it's like pretty foolproof to make. Um, but you have to have a souffle tin or like a like a ramekin too, and I feel you can't make it in like, I don't even know what I would make a souffle. And I probably have to take a trip to the store and buy, you know, drop some cash to like buy a souffle ramekin. So I don't know. Um, but I would probably use a different cheese, not blue cheese. No, thank you. Um, and then her next option was a goat cheese tart, which looks great. It had like spinach in it, probably some onions. But I, I feel like I'm I'm surprised she didn't say like, I don't know, those beans, really. Just use, like, don't use chicken stock. Use, like, veggie stock or something. Or, um, like, some sort of roasted vegetable that, like, made with, like, herbs from Provence. Um, but I think, obviously, these work. And uh, I think they're probably two of Ina's recipes, too. So it makes sense that she's saying them. Um, then we have Helen Wilson from New Jersey. She wanted to know if she could substitute white truffles for black truffles. And here's something that I actually didn't know. Ina says black truffles come from Provence and they have that, how you say, gym socks flavor about them, she says. <laughs> and I, Ina's like, they're good though. I love them. And then white truffles come from Italy and they have a much stronger, like more powerful flavor. And she says she prefers white truffles, but if a recipe calls for black truffles, use black truffles. If it's for white, use white. There's really not, it wouldn't be a good idea to mix and match there. Um, and I think, oh, we have one more, Kitty Phillips from Florida. And she has like this great Southern accent. She's like, hi, Ina, I'm Kitty from Florida. I truly love your show. And Ina's like, thank you. I feel like there's, there's always one sort of compliment 
for in an Ask Ina section where she sort of like looks at the camera and says like, thank you. Um, and so Kitty wants to know, how do you peel garlic? And, and there are two ways. And actually, this taught me something. So I feel like it's a little bit more time consuming. But she said you can separate a whole head of garlic and then put all the cloves into a bowl and then pour boiling water over them for 30 seconds and then drain them and the peels come off like perfectly. They just sort of like plop off. But that's kind of annoying because you have to put the kettle on and get the water like boiling, I guess, or at least hot enough that it will uh, peel. But I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't know that that was even a possibility. So that was fun. And then the other way is like the classic way of just like smashing it with a knife um, and then just peeling it from there too. So Ina ends the episode by saying, so I answered all your, so I think she says, so I hopefully answered all your French dinner questions. And as Julia Child would say, bon appetit. <laughs> she gives like her best, like uh, Julia Child. And it's, it's like, it's great though. Like it's so bad that it's good. Cause again, I don't think Ina speaks above like a baritone register. You know what I mean? Like she has a pretty deep voice and I don't think she uses that sort of sing-songy Julia Child <laughs> voice. But it was great. It was a great ending to the episode. Um, I hope you all learned something, because I certainly did. That garlic trick was cool. We learned something about black truffles. Barbara Lieberman was there. Um, it was a good episode. And um, now I'm kind of in the mood for French food. I think that uh, maybe we should all take a trip to Provence. I'll meet you there. Let's do it. But in the meantime... Thank you again for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I've made a Facebook group for The Good Vanilla. Very searchable. Just type in The Good Vanilla and join the party. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov. Look at my look at my succulents. Give it a like. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.